You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Super Bowl week. Welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you. I'm still in L.A., but I'll be in Phoenix in a day. Tomorrow's show, though, here from L.A. Then we'll be at Radio Row. Diesel, the world's most jolly radio producer, Tom DeCelestino, is in New York City. He'll be there all week. He's like a year-long Santa Claus. He doesn't need December to put out cheer. Or holidays to put out. It's just everyday cheer. And if you want to experience that one-on-one, you taking it in and be on the air, 855-212-4CBS. Tommy will answer the phone, spread some cheer, and put you on the airwaves. Twitter, sports writer, sports R-E-I-T-E-R. Man, life comes at you fast, especially when you're counting on Kyrie Irving. Last we spoke, Kyrie was a member of the Brooklyn Nets. And since then, he threw a fit. That's probably not entirely true, but it feels that way. Demanded an exit and got one to the Dallas Mavericks. We will get into that here in just mere moments. I get Dallas going for it. It ain't going to work. Just a little little preview, a little preview of what's to come. Uh, there's also now questions about Kevin Durant's future and what it means for KD. We will dive into that in the show Part of the reason that Dallas was so aggressive in its pursuit of Kyrie, not the only, but part of the reason, along with, as I understand it, the Clippers and the Lakers, and according to Chris Haynes, also the Phoenix Suns report just coming out, they offer Chris Paul as part of the package. The reason people out West were going after Kyrie in part is because the Western Conference is wide open. It really is anybody's conference, and that is, I think, reinforced by the news yesterday that Stephen Curry is going to miss some time, and we'll get into that reminder and awful news for the Warriors that at least on that side of the NBA equation, it's anybody's. It is Super Bowl week. The buildup begins today. We'll have tons of NFL content for you over the next few days, including just a host of people that we're going to be uh, visiting with from Radio Row. Cell, good morning, by the way, Tom. How was your weekend, pal? You good? Good morning, Bill. Happy Monday to you. Ooh. I had an absolutely fantastic weekend. The first weekend with no NFL in, what, five months? Were those things correlated? I um, I love Mondays because you have the voice of an angel. and It's just great to hear it over the, uh, over the airwaves here from, from Los Angeles. Uh, who, is, who are we efforting for Super Bowl week? Are we still targeting Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and the last four presidents? Uh, the last four? I had only done the last three. I didn't know we were doing four. So, yes, efforting in capital letters for that. Got it. Yeah. I love that. Efforting. Right. I know you love that term. I love the word efforting. Uh, Ibram Salam's on the show in an hour. Buy or sell. And maybe we'll get into some other shenanigans with Kyrie Irving. Here's the deal. I understand what the Dallas Mavericks are doing in their decision to trade with the Brooklyn Nets to acquire a guy that is unquestionably a talented dude. The price is Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a first-round pick, and several second-round picks. And if we can certainly dive into that cost later. I actually think it's a really impressive return from the Brooklyn Nets, given how leveraged they were and the terrible position they were put in, and the fact they had very little time to do it. The trade deadline is Thursday, and they had to do it under the understanding that what you get in return for Kyrie runs the very serious risk of not just blowing up this season. Remember, this is a team that had a chance for the top record in the Eastern Conference before KD got hurt and is still in the top four for now. It runs the risk of blowing up Kevin Durant's desire to be there. That guy asked for a trade not that long ago. 
and that changes everything you've done for the last three or four years. I think the Nets did a pretty good job in their return. And if you believe, like many people around the NBA, that Kyrie is attempting, alluring, talented time bomb, and it's going to blow up what's going on in Dallas, and we've seen this before, if you believe, like some people around the NBA think is conceivable, that Kyrie Irving's arrival with the Mavericks will actually make it more likely that Doncic leaves in the years ahead and not sticks around, well, that first-round pick that Dallas is that Dallas is sending becomes really, really valuable. It's in part a hedge that what Kyrie Irving did to the Nets, he will do to Dallas, making them much less effective down the road and that draft asset a lot more valuable. But here's the real deal. I'm actually not mad at the Dallas Mavericks. I don't blame them for what they did. I understand the desperation. I understand the temptation for massive talent. I understand that they have to surround Luka Doncic with some level of basketball skill beyond what he has to have a chance to go deep in the NBA postseason. With all respect to his not that long ago carrying a team to the Western Conference Finals, he ain't good enough on his own. And for all the truth about Kyrie Irving, and the truth is he's a self-absorbed, at least on the court, narcissistic superstar. The truth is he's a walking distraction, not just the COVID-19 fiasco, but his desire to neg, to be negative toward, to undercut his own teammates, to step away to go to his sister's birthday, to take time off here and there, to demand coaches be fired, to undercut teammates and leaders within and outside that locker room. All of the impacts that Kyrie Irving has had on teams is a real thing, but he's talented. That's why people keep putting up with him. And I'm not mad at Dallas for doing what they did, for acting out of desperation, for trying to give Lucas some help, for understanding, as I said, that there's a really mixed and therefore wide-open Western Conference picture and deciding we're going to be bold, we're going to go for it. I get it. I understand it. I respect it. They're going to fail. They're almost certainly going to fail. I've used this analogy before, so it might be a little tired, but I'm, I'm going to use it again. I'm going to use it again. There's something in human nature and human psychology about the shiny, beautiful, talented thing, about coveting in whatever sort of walk of life you're looking for something the unattainable, talent, true, remarkable, gorgeous, beautiful talent, the NBA or otherwise, is really hard to come by, and it can overwhelm the senses. To me, Kyrie Irving, forgive, uh, this could be a dude too. This could be a guy. I'm just going to use a woman because I'm a guy, but it could be either way. It's not, not meant to be misogynistic. There are people in the world that aren't great people that are very attractive on both sides of the, both sides of the line. This analogy is why I'm glad that I'm ugly. All right, here we go. I actually know someone this applies to. Kyrie Irving is the beautiful woman, is the tantalizing, gorgeous woman who dates your buddy, who ruins his life. Maybe she cheats on him. Maybe she burns down his house but doesn't get prosecuted. Whatever. And all the guys and all the friends are like, oh, man, poor. Let's just make a name of poor Tom. Poor Tom, man. I mean, she's the worst, and she's, you know, I... You never date her, and she, she's hot, but I'm not going to go. And then, this actually happened to a buddy of mine, you walk into the bar one day, just trying to get yourself a Budweiser on your way home from work, and there she is, sitting there at the bar, beautiful, shining, somehow the wind's blowing her hair in there inside, and she turns her attention to you and says, how's it going? Do you want to hang out? And you lose your damn mind. I get it. I understand it. We all do. It's hard to turn down something, someone so alluring and to see clearly. And that's the explanation so many GMs have given me 
over the last few days and really really the last few months and beyond as I've reported on and asked about Kyrie Irving. Every opinion I give you, especially on the NBA here, is vetted through people who run NBA teams. doesn't mean that I'm always right, but I'm not pulling this stuff out of hats and making it up like some, some people have to. I get it, like, and I cover the NBA. It makes it easier for me. And I will never forget the time that I sat with a rival NBA GM who's not, not the Dallas GM or part of that organization, not the Nets GM, and we were hanging out, and we were shooting the breeze, and it was a really good conversation, and I just randomly brought up Kyrie Irving. And, and my comment on Kyrie Irving was basically, man, that guy's interesting. And this dude gave me a long, unasked-for soliloquy on everything wrong with Kyrie. Can't repeat it all here. Don't know if it's all true. Don't really care. It was basically a gossip fest from somebody who thinks, not me, they think Kyrie Irving is a walking disaster in a locker room, on a floor, on a team. This must have gone on, in my, in my memory it's 10 minutes, but it was probably two or three or four minutes of just Kyrie bashing. And at the end of it, because normally executives don't talk that much, right? Normally I have to pull information out of them. They're guarded. He just wanted to talk about Kyrie. I go, oh, wow. That's a lot, man. He goes, yeah, yeah. Oh, Kyrie's the worst. Oh, wow. Okay, I said. So, so you you wouldn't bring him. You wouldn't bring him in here or sign him or trade for him. And there was this long pause. That's where I think of the guy at the bar. And he goes, No, I'd I'd bring him in. I'd I'd have to. He's just too talented. That is the catch twenty two. That is the risk that Dallas has to run. That is, um, I think the filter you have to see their move through. And none of it changes the fact this guy is a perennial loser. He's a loser in the sense that every team that he has been at since he played with LeBron James has lost more often when he's been on the floor, literally, we've talked about this on the air, than when he has sat. They have been a better basketball team when he's not on the floor. Kyrie Irving's a net negative. On the floor, off the floor, in every respect. This is a guy who, along with Kevin Durant, demanded that Steve Nash be fired not that long ago, who has held this organization hostage, who has, as as players do, and player power is great, use the leverage you have in any part of life. This is a guy, Kyrie Irving, who has thrown his weight around and six days before the trade deadline because he can't get the max extension they were never going to give him, is going to throw a fit and blow up another championship contending team. This guy won an NBA championship and was a part of it, a significant part of it. Hit a huge shot in that finals in 2016. This guy blew up the Cleveland Cavaliers, forced a trade to go to Boston, arrived at a Celtics team that had already made a conference finals, and treated those players, one of them Jason Tatum, one of them Jalen Brown, like a bunch of amateurs. And then when he got hurt, Kyrie didn't show up for a closeout game in the conference finals. And after he'd run his course in Boston... The same old tired story, being a distraction, being frustrating, making the focus him and his needs and his ego or whatever this garbage is all about. The guy decided to hightail it for Brooklyn, which was another organization, another team with a bunch of young players on the rise. And the same garbage ensued. Kyrie ain't good enough, man. The juice is not worth the squeeze. The guy is not worth the trouble. He's not. And he's never going to be. Talent is alluring. A certain level of excellence that is hard to find feels like something you have to go for. You have to strive for it when you have the chance. But that GM is the guy that told the tale in sports. 
Sometimes someone's a mess, and you're going to sign them anyway. But don't. Look the other way. There's examples across all sports. Not to p- pick on Kirk Cousins, but let's pick on Kirk Cousins. Or, or Jay Cutler before him, for different reasons. Just because you have talent, just because you have ability, doesn't mean it's going to translate to wins and to success. I don't know what's going to happen to the Brooklyn Nets, and we'll hit it here in a second. I don't know, as in I haven't been able to figure out what Kevin Durant's reaction to this has been. He's injured. That means he's not around reporters. It's hard to know. And I haven't been able to talk to any sources who have a clear picture of whether Kevin Durant blames Kyrie Irving, which is significant, whether he blames Sean Marks and the rest of the front office or other parts of the Brooklyn Nets, which is significant, or whether or not he blames them both. But Kyrie's decision to do what he's done, to hold the Nets hostage for what feels like two years, and right when they've given him most of what he's wanted, not the huge contract, to just decide he's going to blow it up and destroy Brooklyn's chances. They're over. They're done. They're destroyed. Because he doesn't like, he hasn't gotten exactly what he wants, is a warning to Dallas. Bill Parcells said it. People tell you who they are. Listen. This is who Kyrie Irving is. This is who he is. I understand Dallas going for it. I'm aware they're now the favorites in the Western Conference by gambling odds. They went from 33-1 to to 10-1 to to win the NBA championship, excuse me, to win the West when this move happened. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And we haven't even gotten to the fact that Luka Doncic is talented. I mean, obviously, the guy's amazing. He's a next-level player. But he's also somebody, unfortunately, who's still working on maturity and still working on being the kind of guy that can set the right culture. And to bring Kyrie Irving to that mess, into that mix, is a huge, huge mistake by Dallas. I get it. I understand it. I even respect it. There's something overwhelmingly tempting about the talent Kyrie brings and about the opportunity he provides. But this is the old case of, I'm smarter than everybody else. If it wasn't going to work in Cleveland at the end, And it wasn't going to work in Boston at all. And it wasn't going to work in Brooklyn at all. Why is it going to work in Dallas? Think about the talent Kyrie Irving has been around. All right, he got one with LeBron, although LeBron's a cheat code for everybody. I feel like I could start in the NBA and have a chance at a ring if LeBron were my teammate. He's played with Jason Tatum. He's played with Jalen Brown. He's played with Kevin Durant. Now he's going to play with James Harden. Now he's going to play with Luka Doncic. Has any player who has been disgruntled at every stop, had the opportunity to be around more talent and turned that opportunity with talent into less success than Kyrie Irving. The guy is so talented, but by definition, by what he's done, by the win-loss records, when he has played for teams and been on the floor versus when he's played for teams and been out for whatever reason, based on the postseason success since Cleveland, the guy's a loser. And Dallas is going to pay the price. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. All right, we're going to get um we're going to get Diesel. We're going to get his cheerful perspective on this. We're going to get Bogus's perspective, and I'm going to tell you what it probably means for Kevin Durant. What the next ugly domino almost certainly falls because Kyrie was going to Kyrie. That's coming up next year on CBS Sports Radio. Do you love spending all that time in grocery store checkout lines like D-Cell? Yeah, I didn't think so. 
Get HelloFresh's chef-created recipes delivered right to your door instead, and you can skip the trip to the grocery store and guys like Tom so you can spend more time doing the things you love. HelloFresh now has 40 weekly recipes to choose from, more choices than ever before. Say goodbye to your recipe rut, and hello to seasonal recipes packed with farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients that make getting dinner on the table easy and enjoyable. From fit and wholesome to family-friendly and quick and easy, Tom, you can do it too. HelloFresh has dishes for your lifestyle. And meal preference with options to please even the pickiest eaters. Plus, it doesn't hurt. HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and restaurant takeout. Make eating easy and exciting with America's number one meal kit. Sign up today for 65% off plus free shipping with the code SPORTSHQ65 at HelloFresh.com slash SPORTSHQ65. That's the code SPORTSHQ65 at HelloFresh.com slash SPORTSHQ65. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. we got to tear the show up. Breaking news. Breaking news. You have a breaking news drop, Tommy? Sucker! Jesse Marsh has been fired. Who's Jesse Marsh and where has he been fired from, D-Cell? Jesse Marsh is a soccer coach. Well, I just said soccer. Yeah, good. Uh, I don't know. But he doesn't right. have a job anymore, so he technically doesn't coach anywhere, so I'm not wrong. I'm bogus. I think a U.S. men's national team is where that's heading. Probably. That's it. That's all the soccer coverage we got for you. Uh, Incorrect. I've got that and other soccer news in my update. (gasps) I'm prepared for this. Oh, snap. Bogus. Ready to go on a Monday. Oh, man. Diesel can live in the dark all he wants, but I got your soccer news whenever whenever it presents itself. I'm going to read you something from Kyrie Irving. No, thank you. This is from Twitter. Thank you, Nets World fans and supporters for the love on and off the court. I can hear them swearing through this. I will forever be grateful. I got to live out my dream to join your team. I'm sorry, that's not right. A little typo. I'm sorry. I got to live out my dream I had as a kid with y'all. It will always be love for me and my family. There's some other stuff, but let me just sort of skip to, you know, his advice for for all of us. Emotional maturity, intelligence, awareness is key to thriving in this life. Remaining grounded allows me to maneuver through the natural chaoses of life. Not everything needs a reaction, and not everyone deserves to see who I truly I am. I gotta stay poised. Keep it moving, Kyrie. Uh, by the way, I, I was on um, CBS Sports HQ yesterday, and the, the anchor, very nice, very nice gentleman, um, said to me, I don't think he loved my general sort of reporting approach on Kyrie. I could be wrong. It's fine. thought my view was pretty even keel. Like, hey, there's he's a Rorschach test for, for NBA GMs, and people see sort of different things in Kyrie. I tend to lend, sort of believe more in the, in the voices who say this guy's not worth it, but I understand there's a different view, and I understand it could work in Dallas, even though, even though I don't think it, it will. And um, the gentleman I was on was said, well, Bill, even you, I think he said, you have to admit, I mean, nobody can argue. I think that's what it was. Nobody can argue he's a top five point guard in the NBA. And I, uh, you saw this, didn't you, Tom? Was I nice about it? I tried to be nice about it. Oh, you were nice about it. You were <laughs> professional about it, but you certainly made the argument that he was not a top yeah. five point guard. Yeah, I think he can make All right. 
Luca's a point guard, so he's better. Steph's better. Ja's better. I'd put Lillard. That's four. And then you kind of get into, like, Shea. De'Aaron Fox has moved into that group. I mean, I can't believe I'm going to say these words, but Chris Paul is... I think Chris Paul maybe is past the expiration date, but he might be. He might be a better player. I'm probably forgetting somebody because I did all this off the top of my head, but I don't think... I don't think Kyrie is a guaranteed top five point guard, and he's certainly not someone who has been conducive to success since he left Cleveland. Do either of you, I know none of us make up the Kyrie Irving fan club, but I do recognize that Dallas has a need and the Western Conference is wide open and that Luka needs talent to surround him, and this is like a bold move and maybe it can work. I mean, it works with LeBron. Maybe Luka's LeBron-like. Do either of you want to, you know, with whatever caveats you want to throw out there, make the case that Dallas's need to do this is actually well justified. No, uh, no, thank you. And it's not going to work. And I don't think the Mavericks, the Mavericks have to have carry over for the rest of their lives. Like this, like, like what else, what else do you need to see to know that you should give nothing to have this guy on your team? The Celtics, the Nets, like what else do you want? He was quiet for like three minutes in Brooklyn after, <laughs> after his latest ridiculous behavior, and then he goes, oh, P.S., I want out. I mean, come, like, what? It's not going to be any different in Dallas. It's Luca should think that they hate him. I mean, they do hate him. They just don't know it yet. They have inflicted upon him a, a um, pestilence that is Kyrie Irving's presence. I'm, I'm with you. Like, I actually kind of... You, by the way, can I just can I do a little like can I am I allowed to bring myself my own flowers and be the petty radio guy? Like, I told you so, and you all yelled at me. I do it all this, the time. When this guy went to Brook, when this guy went to Brooklyn, I think I was on, I was on in the evenings here. I was pretty forceful in this is ridiculous. This is never going to work, and people freaked out. Were so put out. Hello, writer than you. Name of the show. I'm just I, I'm with it. it. Ain't gonna work. I actually have a little sympathy for Dallas. Because they're not well run. They don't have a great front office. They don't do a particularly good job. They just happen to draft Luka Doncic. I mean, that, that makes up for a lot of sins. And of all the moves you could have made, this is, this is the desperation one. And, and the, the price, the thing is, like, Kyrie Irving's price was going to be pushed so down relative to his talent because of who he is. Like, if, if Toronto, who hasn't blown it up yet, if Toronto had blown it up and, and OJ Ananobi had become available, OG Ananobi had become available, like that probably costs more. If the Bulls blow it up and there's like a Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan availability, those guys, certainly Levine is going gonna, is gonna to cost more. Go back to Toronto if Siakam moves. So I, I, understand, I understand what Dallas is doing. I just think D-Cell, they're making a colossal, I'm with Bo, it's a colossal error in judgment. It all comes down to Luka, and I know, I know the reason they made this move was because of Luka, and reportedly he signed off on it. He gave the head nod for it, but how will this impact Luka? We talk about how Kyrie's impacted the Boston Celtics, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Brooklyn Nets, and now where the Brooklyn Nets are with Kevin Durant. You don't want to be in the same position if you're the Mavericks talking about, well, now what do we do with Luka Doncic? Like, how does this guy's behavior now impact Luka more so off the court than on the court. I mean, it's all of it. I mean, and, like, A, they could not get along because that's happened with Kyrie. and Guy. Kyrie did not get along with his superstar teammates in Brooklyn. He got along with Durant but didn't get along with some of the other guys, including Harden. I mean, Harden saw the burning incense and was just like, I don't care. Trade me again. I'll demand a second trade in a year. 
So we could go that way with Luca, but you're right. He could also just instill in Luca terrible habits. I don't understand why in sports we all we're all human beings. We all work, or most of us do, right? We all sort of understand that the people you work with, when they're miserable, when they're jerks, when they create a bad culture, that that impacts the whole product. We got Super Bowl week this week. I'll be in Phoenix in a couple of days. Very very excited to be hanging out there. It's another Super Bowl in which Aaron Rodgers is a major storyline, and he's not there. And this is the best comp that I have. I mean. I know it's I know it's point guard NBA player to quarterback NFL player, but Kyrie Irving is a poor man's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is more talented at what he does than what Kyrie does. He's more important to what he does than what Kyrie does. They both have a single championship, and they're both obviously instrumental in those. But both these guys just destroy the cultures that they're in, and we know this now. Why I don't understand why people don't recognize the impact that these human beings have on their locker rooms, as Bogus said. This isn't a guess. This isn't, oh, he's leaving Cleveland in 2017. I, I wonder how this is going to go. We've seen this story. How many years has this been? Seven years of him doing this garbage? And it, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't stop. And it's things that you can never predict. Like, could you have predicted he was going to retweet an anti-Semitic That's film? It. Like, like you, just, right. you don't know where it's going to, you don't know what's coming next. I haven't even, I mean, it's so funny. I hadn't even, like, that's serious. It's impactful. It's a great point. I went to write a column yesterday, and I couldn't remember off the top of my head all the stuff that he had done. Right. I had to go Google it. Could, couldn't, like, oh, yeah, the anti-Semitic garbage that happened a few months ago. Yep. It just, I, I don't, I'm used to teams thinking that they're the ones that can fix people. We've had this conversation with football players and quarterbacks and Sean Payton and Russell Wilson recently, but it happens in different ways all the time. Bad seeds, weird guys, whatever. He'll be fine here. And the Mavericks GM knows Kyrie from Nike and Jason Kidd played point guard and Luca's okay with this, but they don't know what they're signing up for no. day in and day out, having to deal with a complete wild card. There's you have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring. The best case scenario, by the way, to me is it's bad immediately, and they don't even sign him. And they'll just they'll have to deal with the fact that they traded assets for a guy that was gone after a couple of months. But if they do that, then Luca also might leave because he's going to look around and be like, I have no supporting cast. We've lost some of our I'm, – I'm with you. I agree. And that's the other thing. He is – if I'm not mistaken, he can sign like a two-year extension maybe now. If he doesn't extend or doesn't extend in the summer – I mean, here's what I'm saying. I, he, him extending is a problem because he's Kyrie Irving, but him not extending is a major problem because they just traded for him, and it, it, he could have signed a pact in blood. But if it's not recognized by the NBA, to your point, Andrew, he's the most unreliable player, maybe in professional sports, yeah. of, any, of any impact. And if you're Dallas, A, how do you, how do you guarantee he's going to sign a contract? And, and B, what does it matter if he does? He could sign a contract, get his max money, and four days later be like, I want out. I'll sit. Remember the reporting that came out over the weekend that he would sit if they didn't trade him? This guy isn't good enough for your time and effort and investment, and he's not reliable enough that he's going to stick around. Oh, it's going to be such a fiasco. It really, it really is. It, I mean, it, it just is. And I've got no sympathy for him, and I wish there was a way in all sports when teams sign up for guys that we know are problems, I wish it could be somehow harder for them to get out of it. Like, they, they deserve no sympathy. They deserve no exit ramp if this doesn't work. Like, they should have to almost sign up for, like, a Kyrie Irving punishment. You're like, you wanted him. He's got, you got to have him for three years now, no matter what. 
Well, I have good news for you. There's a Kyrie Irving punishment coming. It's called, it's <laughs> not, called Kyrie Not the Irving. one I want. There should be an idiot tax or something for doing this. It is so incredibly dumb and so obvious. It's also a reminder. You know how Nick Costos comes on the show sometimes and says Vegas, they're a bunch of idiots that don't know what they're doing? I love Nick. Don't think Nick's entirely right. I think there's nuance and truth to what Nick is saying. So what I'm going to say isn't entirely right either. But there's a lot of GMs who are just not very good at their jobs. Now, I'm not saying I would be better. And the pressure and you get caught up in the group think and the fear you're going to make a mistake. I, I get all that. But, man, there's a lot of GMs out there who are who just can't see the forest for the trees. They just they, they just they can't. And this is one of those examples. Well, you mentioned, you know, the only good thing the Mavericks have done was draft Luka, but that took the Hawks not wanting Luka, right, to even have I that know. happen. And here's the thing about Luka, and, and I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I think I will in this context, because I think this adds some, some insight into why Dallas made this mistake. And I am not in any way saying this is true about Luka Doncic, and I'm not saying it's my opinion. I'm just going to give you some reporting in making the rounds the last six months a lot of NBA people. And when Travis Schlank got deposed. He was the GM in Atlanta. He had come from the Warriors, very well regarded. He basically has been fired. I mean, he's still technically, I think, there, right? But, like, Landry Fields is the GM, and I don't know what Travis Schlank's doing these days, but whatever it is, it ain't, I don't, as I understand, it's not running the team. Okay, so, as I understand it, in talking to folks around the league, the reason that Atlanta passed on Luka, and the reason a lot of people passed on Luka is there were obviously the guy came from from Eastern Europe and was playing in Europe. There were reports out there that he was a knucklehead, that he was partying all the time, that he was probably going to be a, a cancer. The the concern on Luca wasn't the potential for his talent or even the fact he was European, as I understand it. It was all these reports that he just potentially wasn't going to be a good teammate and wasn't going to work out. It wasn't going to be in shape and what. And I think people didn't understand he had a Jordan, LeBron. I think he does level of talent. There were just concerns about his. His character. Unfounded now. I mean, the guy's obviously been successful. But Dallas got rewarded for not worrying about that and focusing on the talent. And they did get rewarded. A bunch of NBA teams like, ah, I don't want to go near that based on what I'm hearing from my scouts. And this is a wide-held view. That's why he fell. I'm going to pass. And Dallas got rewarded. And I think that they're making that fallacy where because that logic, because that worked out one time before, they think it's going to work out again, but the difference is Luca was in Europe. He was a kid for most of that time. The information wasn't quite as certain because you're taking it from scouts and people that aren't. You don't. You're not connected to Real Madrid basketball the way that you are. You know, whatever the Nets and the Kyrie Irving is a huge is a bigger sample size. And I know from for a fact that's why Luca was passed on by Atlanta and other teams, and other teams didn't trade up. And I'm therefore speculating that Dallas might be making an error in judgment, thinking that the logic or the luck they applied to Luka, it's fun, he's talented, and it worked. They think that's going to work out with Kyrie, and it and it ain't. Yeah, I, Kyrie's one of one in the worst possible way in this scenario. I don't think there's any comp to him. Anti-Semitic garbage. I mean, the COVID thing, actually, like, not my worldview, but do, do what you want to do. It, to me, it's it's that in the broader context of when he missed games... Two, couple, three Januarys ago, I can't even keep track, where he just didn't want to be at work. He just didn't want to be playing basketball. Is that when he was at his sister's birthday party? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Right. It's always going to be something. And it might not even involve being yeah. off the court, but, like, he's going to say something 
Yep. Crit, you know, controversial, dumb, ignorant, or, like, or, or you know, the flat earth thing. And it's just going to lead to the new questions and annoying questions. It's like it's just there's always going to be something. It's never going to just be about basketball. And that, whether it's a slow burn or like a quick implosion, it's going to wear on everybody around them. I just, I don't get it. I, I cannot believe that multiple teams were lining up to take this guy. I mean, I do understand it from the from the Lakers' perspective, and reportedly, and I didn't. I mean, I didn't have this. I knew they made a good offer. Reportedly, offered not just Westbrook, which, by the way, you can't put Westbrook on Kevin Durant's team because Kevin Durant will leave. So I understand why the Nets turned it down. It was never going to work. But the Lakers reportedly offered that twenty-seven and twenty-nine first-round pick, and I, I don't think it would have worked. But LeBron has made it work with Kyrie Irving before, so so maybe. But but I'm with you. Like the Clippers and the Suns, it's just why not wait for. The Bulls or the Raptors to blow this thing up. I mean, why? Why the? F- I don't understand the addiction to Kyrie. It's it is an unhealthy addiction to Kyrie Irving. Although I I do think he's better than you do. If that makes sense, like I he's in the top five. He might be number five. I mean, but he's not. How can how can you be a top five? I mean, how can you be? He should be in the top. So maybe it's semantics. Yes, he's a loser. I, I get it. Right. He's a top three talent or two, but is he really a top five? It's like Kirk Cousins. I would rank him lower than most people because I know what he's going to do in the postseason. Yes, and that was going to be my next sentence, that he should, this shouldn't, this shouldn't be a debate. He should be top five every list you're going to make. Individual score, offensive player, point guard, but, he's, but you can't disconnect all the nonsense from all the good, and that's why you are warranted in him not being in any top five. Diesel, who's... um. In a very cheerful, festive mood today. Jolly is what I would say. You're in a jolly mood. Give Bogish and I the over-under number of how long Kyrie is in Dallas. I'm going to say the rest of this season. I'm going to say they do not sign him. You think he's leaving after this season? Oh yes, my God. it's going to be that obvious that even Dallas, and as you said, their dysfunction in their front office will not sign him to an extension. I mean, Bill, this points it out to, to your point and to Bogus's point, how unreliable the guy is for whatever off-the-court reason. Regular season and playoffs combined in his three-plus years in Brooklyn, 156 games played, Bill. Now let's do that again. Regular season and playoffs, <laughs> 141 games missed. He's almost missed as many games as he's played. What more do you need to know? That's injuries. That's the vaccine. That's the suspension because of the movie that he tweeted out that you alluded to. That's his 11-day hiatus in January of 2021 that you talked about going to his sister's birthday party. I'm getting very worked up. (laughs) Why would anyone sign up for this, let alone give up valuable assets? It makes no sense. You are the first person to almost pass away choking on your rage toward Kyrie Irving. I was going to send someone in there to... The, and he killed a man in, the in, list the in 2023. The list is too long to get through on one breath. Whew. All right. That was... Oh, you went from jolly to angry really quick. I, I really, Bogus, do you, you also think if you had to set the over-under, would you go end of the... God, end of the season? Um, I mean, I think that is what they should do, but... I think that he's going to not be full Kyrie quick enough, and they're going to feel they have to keep him. So they'll try to sign him. I'll leave the rope in the possibility of, like, they just realize that what he wants is ridiculous, but they're going to try to keep him past this year to validate the trade. What a hot, hot mess. Uh, Jared Goff. Do you know if you put Goff and Derek Carr's names together, you get Goff Cart? 
You guys Almost. know that? You get golf cart. Yeah. Right, Diesel? Uh, yes, I learned that earlier this morning. Yeah, I let you know. Uh, Jared Goff has some advice for Derek Carr. How to turn what feels like a failed career into the next step. We'll get into that here on the show after we get a CBS Sports radio update from Andrew Bogish. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Now, welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder with you for the first time ever. Stream the Super Bowl for free. Super Bowl 57 on Westwood One is Sunday, February 12th. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station Streams or just by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. And it's all sponsored by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone, the free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and you get back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I keep thinking about this Kyrie Irving story and just the way in which it really matters what your culture is. It, it's, it's significant who your leaders are. It's true what I do for a living. It's true wherever you are, what you do for a living. And these remarkable, highly paid, incredibly skilled athletes are no different. And if Aaron Rodgers had not won that single Super Bowl, just got one. As the final team, and they won it. They got it, all the credit. But still, it was, a, it was not as if they were favored over the course of that run a decade ago. Think how we would regard him now. He's got one. Kyrie's got one. But neither have lived up to their massive talents. They haven't. Both have had ample opportunities. Kyrie Irving, as we mentioned, has played with a Boston Celtics team that's pretty damn good without him. He played with a Nets team that had Kevin Durant. And now he's going to play with Luka. Aaron Rodgers, how many, I'm trying to remember, D-Cell, how many AFC, or AFC, how many, zero, how many NFC championship games has Rodgers been in since he won that NFC championship game against the Bears and then at, at Soldier Field? Four? Four, oh and four since then? Yes, oh and four. He is one and uh, one and four. Been to five. Absolute and complete correlation. Sometimes a little bit of struggle, a little bit of heartache, a little bit of difficulty, a little bit of dare I say it, Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving. Humility can serve you well. And while the example I'm going to give on that front doesn't necessarily has other factors, see Matthew Stafford. I mean that guy did nothing but lose. Talented player, but he did basically nothing but lose his entire career in Detroit. It just didn't work out. It didn't go the way that he wanted. Now, the Rams were massively talented and had this short window, and they'd added Von Miller, and they had all the weapons, but he still got it done. Sometimes what feels like the end of your career or all these difficulties can actually be the building blocks of some level of excellence. Skill and talent obviously matter. And I know that he hasn't gotten a Super Bowl, but Jared Goff has a sense of this. The guy has been written off twice. Once his first time in L.A., and then Sean McVay comes in and they figure it out. And then obviously he gets shipped out after making a Super Bowl, by the way, and losing to Bill Belichick's Patriots several, a couple years later, still, gets sent to Detroit. And this past season, Jared Goff was, I mean, he was a top, I think top 10's underselling where he performed. He was a top quarterback in the NFL. He's a second-tier quarterback in the National Football League after the Mahomes and the Hurts, the guys obviously in the Super Bowl, and you know the Josh Allens and whoever you want to put in that group. And his ability to get through my career's over to know this is stage two is a big part of that. And he was at, what is it, a golf thing? Is that where these guys are being the best friends on the face of the earth, Tom? Pro Bowl. It's like a golf thing. It's like a, it's like a pro-am. It doesn't really matter. 
They were at the Pro Bowl. Good for those guys. How much of the Pro Bowl did you watch, Diesel? I watched zero seconds of it. Uh, I think I tuned in for about 30 seconds of it. I love everything about that. And his advice was basically, I'll just read his quote, there's definitely life on the other side, Goff said. That was his message. That, that was his, his, um, his life experience that he shared. And it made me realize that, yeah, situation matters and, and circumstance matters. And we'll see what Derek Carr has left in that arm. And we'll see where he goes and where he ends up. But Derek Carr, a lot like Matthew Stafford, has been a warrior for a bad franchise. Has never complained that I can think of. Has never been a disgruntled piece of, you know, shenanigans is where I was going. That's that's the yes word I was going to use was a piece of shenanigans. Has never thrown his GM or front office or players or teammates under the bus a la Aaron Rodgers, a la Kyrie Irving. Has been a culture guy in a really impressive way as best we can judge it with all the factors going against him. That's the other thing. Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving don't have reasons to complain, and all they do is complain. Matt Stafford had all the reasons in the world to complain and was a class act. And he was able, when he got in the right circumstance, and again, a lot of factors for Stafford and the Rams a Super Bowl ago, to be really successful. Why not Derek Carr? With all, respense, uh, with all respect to Jared Goff, Jared Goff had sort of failed again, had tailed off, had to reinvent himself. Derek Carr is a pretty good quarterback who's never had, he's never had, if I remember the stat right, a top 20 defense in his career. He had some weapons, obviously he had Devontae Adams this year, but hasn't had a fully constituted and well-constructed football team. And if he puts himself in the right situation, in the right spot, wherever that might be, it ain't going to be the Niners, right, because they like their options with, um, with Purdy and with Lance. But if it were, I think Derek Carr, I think watch out. If Tua Tungabello, and he's not going to, but had walked away because of his concussions and you put him in the right spot, Derek Carr in a place like Miami, watch out. Even a place like the Titans, if they decided to make that kind of move and that kind of a decision. I'm not sure I believe in the Jets. Wouldn't it be amazing, Tom? Wouldn't it be amazing if Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers both do the free agency thing and this year, when it's all said and done, at the end of this year, next season, Derek Carr's made it further than Aaron Rodgers? Wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't surprise me. Because leadership matters. It wouldn't stun me. And the last thing that I want to see happen to Derek Carr this go-around, this offseason, is being held hostage by whatever Aaron Rodgers is going to ultimately do. This can't happen, but if Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets and Derek Carr went to the Vikings, like if, if Kirk Cousins just decided, I retire, I'm going to go hang out with Kyrie in Dallas, I'm taking Derek Carr and the Vikings over, I am, over Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. All right, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep the NFL talk going. E from Salam played in the Super Bowl, long time. NFL player, offensive lineman, and my buddy. He joins me next here on CBS Sports Radio.